It's your boy Dukes, and this is After Sports Talks. You can catch us on Monday at 3 p.m. on The Real 1100 and iHeartRadio. Let's go! Let's go, let's go, let's go. Welcome back, and like always, it's a blessing to be here with you again. If you know me, you already know after last week. (laughs) Being an Atlanta sports fan, I am excited to be here. We got so much to talk about. (laughs) We finally champions. The Falcons beat the Saints. UGA is number one. Although no one feels like we deserve it still. You know, there's some haters out there thinking that we're still going to mess it up. Um, But I'm here to tell you that we're not. We're not going to mess it up. We're here to stay. The ship is ours. The Braves already got one. What more do you want from us? Got so much to talk about. But before I get into it, there's something really been on my heart that weighed heavy on me uh, that we got to talk about. But we're going to take a quick commercial break real quick, and then we'll get right into it. All right. Stay tuned. This is fashion designer Edmund Newton. I'd like to tell you about Enmask.com. Enmask.com is my only source for non-surgical cloth masks. I've teamed up with Enmask.com to create and design a collection of limited edition masks. These masks are washable, reusable, breathable, and most importantly, fashionable. Shop online now at Enmask.com. That's E-N-M-A-S-K-S.com for quality masks made in America. Hi, I'm Dr. Carissa Hines of Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa, and I'm here to help you make sense of medicine. Join me every Thursday at 11 a.m. for clear, informative conversations about health issues. Don't be intimidated by fancy medical speak. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. on Real 1100 a.m. Learn what questions to ask your doctor about your medical conditions. Then let's talk about your health. Join me for a minute. I want you to hear something. Sports Talk it is. Welcome! You're listening to the Sports Shock Show, and I'm the Sports Shock Wayne Candy. The Three Point Conversion Sports Lounge. And I'm your host, Mr. Controversy. Hello, and welcome to DNA Sports. I'll just down to DNA. What's going on? This is Ace of the A and DNA. We're bringing the facts about sports. It's Sports Roundtable. I am your humble host, H.O. Download the Real 1100 app from your Google Play or Apple App Store today. Hear it. Chop, 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 chop. When I tell you that's been my favorite word the last two weeks, chop, chop, chop. I wake up in the morning chopping. I go to sleep chopping. I'm driving down the street chopping. Cause we got that championship, baby. We got it. We got it. And you know what's even crazy about it? It was my birthday. <laughs> Can you believe that? Give it up to him, man. The Braves did it. They did it. Closing out. Pitching stayed in there strong. Solaire smacking them. Rosario smacking them. Duval smacking them. Everybody just smacking, man. But look, before we get into the World Series talk, there's something else that really happened on my birthday, you know, really early in the morning that, you know, it, it really has been weighing heavy on my heart. Um, I hate that it even happened, but we have to address it. Um, I'm sure you all heard, but Henry Ruggs third has got into a tragic accident, and there's actually a victim involved that, that passed away, her and her, her dog. And 
you know, I could not take my mind off this. You know, the fact that it's not just the fact that, you know, an NFL player has now ended his career, but I was more so thinking about the victim, how her family is affected, and the things that she has going on. Like, who was she? So I took some time to do some research because um, I, I cared that much. So let's take some time to, to, to think about her and reflect about, about her life um, as an individual. Her name was Tina Tenser. Um, she was born and raised in Las Vegas, only 23 years old with a three-year-old dog that passed away as well. Um, you know, one thing that I found very interesting in all of this is that Tina's p- parents actually um, immigrated from Serbia. Um, and she was just now getting her citizenship in the country. You know, I think she was about two weeks away for being uh, a full citizen. And her friends are just devastated about it. They, they talk about her often and say that she was one of the ones that would give the last scraps of her off her plate, the last clothes off her back. Um, she was always happy and she was a, a light in the room. And I, I just want to take a moment of silence for her and her family um, for about 10 seconds. Thank you all for doing that. that. That was really important to me. Um, you know, unfortunately, I've had a lot of stories, a lot of friends that have lost their lives drinking and driving and have, you know, severely altered their lives. And it's a really big deal. Um, one thing me and my friends do every time we have an event or we're, we're out, you know, celebrating, we, we make sure that we hold each other accountable. Hey, man, how are you getting there? How are you getting back home? Don't drive. Do I need to call you an Uber? Do I even need to go with you? You know, we share locations because it's, it's, it's really that important. Um, I've gotten to countless disputes about keeping someone from drinking and driving because I realize how important that is. So with this happening, I just want to think about, you know, how is it going to be in the NFL going forward um, with the situation? Was this just an individual circumstance? Is this due to the team being in Vegas and it being too much? You know, what really is it? Greg, how do you feel about this? Do you think we have to say okay the team is in Vegas and that this is why it's happening or do you think Henry Ruggs is just has a he's just young and this is completely on him uh this is on him um this isn't I don't I don't think the environment has anything to do with it I mean he's a 22 23 years old uh millionaire and drive something fast that's what you know some athletes that age want to do um on uh, one of our other shows here, we actually interviewed Henry Ruggs before he signed with Alabama. Wow. And because uh, one, of, one of the hosts uh, knew him and his family. And, you know, he comes from a good family and, and everything. Um, he was not known for doing anything bad. He did not drink or do drugs or anything like that. He didn't have that kind of reputation. Um, this is just it, this. I mean, it's more than an unfortunate incident where some terrible decisions were made. Uh, in the with the NFL, whenever there are issues where a player is too uh, too intoxicated to drive, yet they can take an Uber or a Lyft, but the NFL also provides a free chauffeured service. For sure, uh, just have to make a call and they'll come get you. Uh, but some people don't know to use that, mm. or feel like there's no discretion involved as, mm. as far as that goes, possibly. Uh, but there were other options than for him to get behind the wheel. 
if we haven't been going at you know over 150 miles an hour in a residential area um you know even if he were sober uh that is definitely reckless behavior. Yep. And who knows if he would have had the kind of reaction time to avoid uh, to avoid the young lady on the side of the road or, or, wherever, or however she may have been positioned in the road. Um, but this is just, it's just, it's an unfortunate incident. And I think he'll, um, he has the opportunity to resume his career. It may be in two or three years. Right. Um, you know, that, that the, the charges that he's going to be facing, he could be, it could be from two to 45 years, but I don't think he'll, um, I don't think he'll get, you know, the, the maximum sentence. I, I, that's just, that's just my opinion, but yeah, I have uh, to agree with that for sure. It would, he, there isn't, there is a chance that he could resume his career again, but it's just going to be in a few years. Um, if he has shown um, the progression to to come back to society, uh, but it's just it's just unfortunate that um, that this happened, and this probably wasn't the first time that he was driving that fast in that car. Uh, his girlfriend was also in the car. I believe they have a child together. They do. So it was it was just bad decision making all around and it cost someone their life for sure you know what i didn't know as you mentioned it was his, about his character you know i assumed that he was a upstanding individual being that you know he went to alabama and i know how their program operates and that you cannot get through without you know being on your your top tier but you know good point i don't believe this is the first time he's done it and you know i'm thinking about the other factors where were his teammates where was his friends you know, why did, why did anyone allow him to drive? Being that he has so many options, car service provided from the NFL, Ubers, what made this particular day so important for him to drive? I really want to know that. Do you know any information about that? What event was he at? Uh, no. Um, I think it was at a, you know, a bar or restaurant that they were coming from. Um, or it might have been a, some kind of club event. It was, you know, after three in the morning. Um, so yeah, it's maybe he had the, you know, spending, you know, blowing off some steam. They, right. you know, a lot of teams have the, have Monday and Tuesday off after sure. playing on For Sunday. Sure. So having another day off, he was, um, you know, just out having a good time, but especially you know during the season or, or just in general you know when you're in the public eye like that you have to um you still have to be aware of your surroundings for sure in that kind of situation i mean yeah there may be the inconvenience of having to go pick up your car the right. next morning but in some cases like so that nfl service um they could either have your car towed to your home right or someone there'll be another person who could drive it for you so he for sure. did have options so i was watching undisputed um and i wanted to you know hear their intake on it i always kind of like hearing shannon's intake on stuff like this um because he keeps it real he's been an nfl player before he's seen situations like this before and he made some points he was like you know why did he need his car in, in vegas because for one no one can see it you know how park if, you, if you've ever been to vegas 
there's not like VIP cars lined up. Your car is put away into the garage. So no one's going to see your vehicle. Even when you leave, it's not like you're the only one with a nice vehicle around. So what was the, the reasoning behind him, him wanting to do that? Um, the second thing they brought up is, you know, I, I didn't even consider him having to, the ability to, to continue his career. Because, hot seat question here, does he deserve it? If he wasn't an NFL player, would he be allowed to do so? And my answer is I don't think he would be. You know, I I just can't see that happening. So, you know, why is it happening in this situation? And, look, I'm not against him at all. I would love the young man to continue his career and, and, and not completely ruin his life. I would never wish that on a 22-year-old at all. But, you know, I'm just keeping it real here. He made a, a severe mistake. Someone lost their life. Their family lives is now devastated forever. So watching him be able to get back on that field, how will they be affected? How will other people affect that have been in a situation that lost loved ones to drinking and driving? I, you know, I can't see that going over very well. Um, second question well, here. Well, just to real like in this, I guess a similar situations. Um, if you recall, Dante Stallworth, former NFL receiver, um, hit a pedestrian. Right. Uh, and uh, the man ended up dying. Uh, Stallworth was sober. Correct. Um, but he was trying to signal him, and he, I get not, the guy didn't see him in time or, or something like that. It was an accident um, that I don't know if it could have been avoided, but. I think eventually Stallworth did, uh, he was fined and did some community service. For sure, he did. And uh, there's also the uh, former linebacker, Leonard Little, mm-hmm. who was uh, also in an accident uh, where he hit someone trying to beat a yellow light. And he was not. He, he had been somewhere where I think he had had a couple of drinks, but he was not above the limit. Mm-hmm. Um, and he ended up uh, paying a fine and doing uh, community service. I don't think that's that's not going to be the case here for Henry Ruggs. I I, I don't think, but um, I guess that c- those could be looked at as a precedent, right? For what his for what his future might look like. Um, but. I think that people are going to take into account, you know, that he was uh, he was inebriated and he was speeding um, excess three times the speed. I limit. mean, 156. Uh, so uh, that's going to be taken into account. Uh, so said there is a chance, but I don't know how Nevada works uh, as far as that goes. So um, there, like I said, the, the chance is small, but. It, it could happen, and uh, but he, aside from that, he has a long road ahead of him for to, sure. Um, to basically get his life back for sure. The key difference here in the situation with him and in the Stallworth situation for me is obviously the drinking. Um, you know, the fact that Stallworth was completely sober and hit a pedestrian. You know, obviously still very unfortunate, but. I can understand that happening, you know, driving through Atlanta for me all the time in those dark roads. Sometimes I, I don't see pedestrians, you know, sometimes there's people out here that are trying to get hit. I'm not saying that happened in this situation, but these were two very different situations to me. 
And I just, you know, I don't like to compare situations like this. As bad as I feel for Henry Ruggs, you know, I feel even worse for his family, the family, the victim's family right now. And I just can't look past that. I, I, I can't. I don't even want to think about the second opportunity right now. I want to think about his mental state and what he's going to do as an individual to grow from this. Bo, my boy. My man, my man. What's good, brother? Man, hey, hey that Atlanta traffic got you, you know, a little, a little behind, huh? Hey, man, you know how it goes out here. In hey, street. man, but you but you got here at the perfect time. Right now we're talking about Henry Ruggs' situation that, you know, you, me and the boys, we've been talking about for, for, for since it happened. For sure. And I know you got a lot on your mind about it, so, so please share your thoughts. I mean, I'm going to keep it pretty simple. I think you guys have uh, done a good job touching on some, some key points that, you know, um, that mean a lot to what went down in this situation. But I, I think it just all comes down to 156. Yeah. You know, 156, that's a, that's a number that you have to try to get to. Right. You know, that's not a, I was going fast. And, you know, that's a number that you, in that moment, you have no care in the world. You're just, you're just living life, and that that's pretty much sums up the the type of mistake that this was for Henry Ruggs, in my opinion. Uh, it, it is a mistake that is, at this point, cost him his career, his early career. Definitely a player who has shown promise and uh, somebody who has shown that he can stretch the field, but none of that matters anymore. It doesn't. All of the things that he's worked for at this point, um, you know, I don't know his story, you know, how he started playing football or, you know, how he got to Alabama and if he had to wait behind guys or how much work he put in it, you know, it really doesn't matter. Uh, 156. 156 and you know i'm so glad you brought that up his his upbringing and how much work he potentially put in to be where he's at and i want if there's any young listeners out there you really look at the situation and think about this could be you one wrong mistake your whole life changes but we've both been athletes before you know we we know you got to put that work in you know i started playing sports at age of four you know playing baseball practicing every day, you know, going to the back cages on my, by myself, you know, throwing the ball against the wall, pressing my, my ground ball scoops, just doing things like that, playing football at a later age. So I played football in high school, so I had to catch up, you know. I had to catch up. I had to really work on my footwork, do those ladders drills. that All that off-season training, all that at-home training you do, you know, why would you want to make a situation to, to take all that all away? You know, and I, I when I look at it, in its totality, you know, he was, what, two times over the limit? Two times, yep. Alcohol-wise. And it goes back to, you know, some of the, the systems that are in place uh, about alcohol. You know, we've seen time and time again people can't control themselves. For sure. We've seen time and time again that People and it doesn't matter what kind of person it is. It doesn't matter um, how old you are. It doesn't matter what your profession is. Alcohol ha- can attack anyone, and you you just don't know it because it's so normalized. For sure. Um, you know me personally, and you know I'm I'm not a fan. Um, I don't partake. 
anymore at all. Uh, never have really been a, a huge a drinker. I've seen friends make those decisions. Absolutely. Um, I, I have close friends that, you know, have paid for those those mistakes. Um, it's just it's it's heartbreaking, man. You know, it it, it is a little bit more than just you know the 156 from that standpoint to me um there's a problem in our society about how we consume how readily available these types of things are for sure the damage that alcohol has done to a lot of communities to a lot of families like i stated earlier it, it doesn't i mean these decisions we all have been there we've all made decisions differently when impaired and you know this is one of those decisions that he's going to look back and, and, and say, man, maybe I just, you know, should have stopped, you know, at drink number three. Or maybe I should have just, you know, chilled out tonight. Maybe tonight, you know, those those nights where you go out and something bad happens. And once it happens, you're like, man, I knew I should have stayed at home. tonight. Right. I knew I shouldn't. Have. I should have just stayed at home. Mm. Trust your gut. Trust your gut. You know, you said another interesting thing right there and, and it just really makes me think that as a country we just don't hold ourselves accountable enough so i'm going to point out this this this, this fact that I, I found out today every day about 28 people in our country die from drinking and driving that's literally one person every hour less than an hour honestly that is that is crazy to think about it's heartbreaking uh you know we we like to look at these numbers in a fishbowl because as as a country or I mean, I'm, I'm sure this problem is worldwide, but, you know, we look at these things as just so many people. It's not really that much if you look at it in that way. But one person means a lot if it's someone that's close to you. For sure. You know, the, the person that was the victim in this situation, that person was loved by many. Exactly. So, you know, it's it's all it's all fun and games. You know, it's all, you know, oh, you know, he just made a bad decision until it happens to someone that you know or to you, someone that you love, someone that's in your family, your friend, your coworker, you know, and, and it's it's just a sad situation. It is. You know, and I would I would love to can kind of compare stats with this fact from other countries like like Germany that drinking age is, is, is 16. You know, are they having this many fatalities from drinking and driving? And if they aren't, why not? What can we change here to, you know, make it better? What can we do? What can we do? So I want everyone to think about that. You know, I want everyone to really um, take the situation to heart. And if you are one of those ones that are drinking and driving, you know, please hold yourself accountable because one thing can happen. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, you know what we're talking about. Oh, 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 we'll be right back. Why choose Just for Pets Wellness Center? Compassionate pet care services featuring an experienced veterinary team to superior customer service in a caring and friendly environment. We offer individual attention and tailored treatment for each pet. Visit our website for more information at www.justthenumber4petsfl.vet or give us a call at 239-270-5721. 
sure to listen to The Wellness Enclave with Dr. Donna Sewell, a podcast that explores emotional health and its impact on everyday life. In The Enclave, we will address emotional health and how it is connected to other parts of your life, such as physical health, relationships, spirituality, and even decision-making. The Wellness Enclave with Dr. Sewell can be found on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This is Alvin. And this is Edmund. On the Old Fashioned Health Show. Tune in each Friday from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. And listen to us live on iHeartRadio or the Real 1100 app. Where we talk about healthy information, products, and or services. And get some old school music in. On the Real 1100. Never gets old. I, I mean, I, I don't know how many times I can listen to this. I think at least I, every day I wake up, I, I hear this right here. I think this should be a an alarm for everybody in the city right now. That's a good idea. I think I think that needs to. Take it needs place. to happen. Matter of fact, the moment we leave here, I'm doing that. Yeah, I need to set that up. I'm, I'm talking about it. I don't even have that. Set. And I'm I need never to set changing it. it. It's the, it's staying like that. So just get used to it, guys. For Bo- sure. Look, man, it's been a long year for us, man. And I can remember when Acuna went down, we just thought it was over. I, I, I was hurt because we know what happened to us last year. We know what happened to us the year before and the year before that. Them dang Dodgers. Man, the Dodgers. And you said it, man. The, 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 the Acuna, that... That injury was, man, losing Ronald was huge. And we, as a city, we we looked at that and it really hit. It hit hard. The whole Marcelo Zuna deal, it hit hard. And it just seemed like, here we go again. Right. Here we go again. I mean, and and this was a time, we lost him at a time when we were definitely leading the NL. I believe Acuna was leading the lead in home runs. I mean, it, like he was really destroying the league. <laughs> Pitchers were afraid of him. Then this happened, and we had to really make some decisions. And we did it. I mean, here comes Rosario. Here comes Adam Duvall. Austin Riley steps up. Solaire. Solaire goes down, and we're like, oh, my God, here we go again. And that boy, Jock Peterson, comes through. I mean, like. We really did the impossible, guys. I just want y'all to know that. You know, I I'm not sure how how everyone is with their baseball IQ here, but this was a historic season for any baseball team. You just don't see your best player go down like this, and four other players step up to do this well. And and if I'm not mistaken, I believe Duval was in the MVP race. Austin Riley definitely was in the MVP race. Ozzy. And Freddie all at one time on one team, guys. That is just impeccable. So, question for you guys. If Acuna never went down, would we be here? I'm going to say absolutely not. Now, were we devastated when it happened? Yes. 
Did we think the season was over? Yes. But I'm going to say this, man. I'm going to say this. The moves that were made by our front office were moves that Braves fans had never seen before. We don't spend money. We are sitting here after winning a World Series, hoping Freddie comes back. So for us to go out and get the kind of talent that we were, that we did get, Jock and Jorge and, Mm. you know, Rosario. I mean, these guys were guys that, yeah, they weren't super expensive, but we still, this is just something that we don't do. And we did it. I I don't know what they saw because I I, I honestly, I didn't see see it. it. I didn't see us being able to, if you remember, Freddie was not really, he was in a slump. He was yeah. he was not playing how we are accustomed to him playing. Striking on a lot. I mean, I don't know if he was if it was like an MVP, you know, slump or what what right. You know, pitching. We we thought we had a lot in faulty. We thought we you know, we lost Soroka. <laughs> you know, we, we, we were like, what is going on? Right. And then we get to the postseason, okay? We get to the Dodgers again. I I really wasn't worried about anyone else. To be honest. I wasn't worried about anyone else until we got to the Dodgers. And I was like, you know, uh, yeah, we're not the same team, but they know us. They've been here plenty of times before. You know, we know how they play in the postseason. They were on a winning streak themselves, got out of a, a, a tough series right before this one. And I just, of course I had hope. Let's be let's be serious here. Y- y'all know how I am. I'm, I'm extremely biased. <laughs> but I was nervous. I don't think I talk any crap. When we place the Dodgers, I just want to see a win and pitching held up and we got through it. So we get to the World Series and honestly, I feel uncomfortable. And you know why? Because of Charlie Morton. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm like, guys, we have their Achilles heel right here. If he's not going to be on the mound, guess what? He's, he's, he's coaching those guys up. He knows he knows his team. He's he's been there with him them before. And then guess what happens? He goes down by 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 a freakish accident. At this point, Bo, how are you feeling? I'm feeling You know, honestly, I, I will say I was feeling optimistic for sure. I wasn't feeling uh like here we go again. I, I was I was I don't know at that point I, I was in the in the headspace of man, maybe we can really do this thing regardless. Uh, to be honest with you, I thought that that was I thought everything was possible, um, especially getting Houston. Right now, I, I do want to shout out Houston. Yeah, man, Get they've been through series, a lot yeah. as an organization they have. over the past three years. You know, being cheaters and all. <clears throat> you know, but. They, I mean, Dusty, Dusty coached those boys up. He did. And, you know, he's somebody who has been around baseball forever and has shown that, you know, he can take a clubhouse to the promised land. And and I I do want to shout them out. They, you know, they were going to be scrutinized regardless. And I I just want to, I don't want that to be downplayed because this year we're two teams that really should not have made it to the World Series. Absolutely. You know, the the world saw two teams scrap for this. They did. It was a scrapping. Yeah, it was a team that, um, you know, with Houston, 
yeah, they have a couple of those guys from that last World Series uh, win, but I barely knew who any of their pitchers were. Their best one right. was hurt in the yep. previous series. Garcia stepped um, up. Yep. You know, and they had some young guys uh, come in and um, pretty much carry them throughout the playoffs. And Dusty Baker should get a lot more credit because wherever he goes, the team wins. That's what happens. They win. Yep. They win. They're they're going to get they're going to get to the playoffs. He even took you know he took the Reds to the playoffs, and I don't know who was even on that team that year. Nobody does. <laughs> so, Nobody does. Um, but you you brought a good point about you know if if Acuna doesn't go down, do the Braves make it? And I would I'd agree that it probably wouldn't happen because then those other moves don't get made for sure. Um, to bring in guys with, you know, at least a little bit of playoff experience. And I think eventually you have a lineup that can go into an AL park mm-hmm. and, and win, uh, the line, the winning two, two of the games in Houston, um, that something I didn't really expect to happen either. And, but for Soler to come in at, you know, as basically as the DH to win uh, the World Series MVP. Um, he hit three of the biggest home runs in the entire series. But, you know, he would not have been in the lineup if they were in Atlanta. Right. He would be a, as a pinch hitter. He did hit a pinch hit home run in exactly. game three, I think. So, but he he's not even on the team, at least not with that team, if Acuna is still in the lineup. Um but they said it, it was different for them to be aggressive uh, at the trade deadline, checking the waiver wires yep. to to bring guys in. Um, because you those teams that do that, you know, you kind of have to do that to give – if you're like, okay, we can do this. We just have to – we can win. We just have to make these moves. We have to be aggressive. And the teams that do that, you can look at almost any team and see what the – what that transaction was that kind of like pushed them over the top for sure and a lot of teams did that i know the dodgers going after scherzer i feel like they just did it so the giants wouldn't get him i agree <laughs> i agree he was I almost headed there i agree but you know just to see moves like that um it's just it's just part of the game where you you know you know by mid-season uh what you need to to get you know to get half success in the postseason and they did it and it, but it was unexpected because we haven't seen that for the Braves. Scary money don't make no money, man. And it was, like you guys said, the Braves moves, they were very tactical with, with these pickups, guys. I, I didn't see it coming. I'm so glad it happened. So the question is, what now? How do we move forward? We have to bring back Freddie Freeman. Got to pay that, man. As a fan of the Braves and thinking as a fan, I'm because, I mean, we're fans. We're always going to think fan first. You know, when we say we want this to happen or we don't want that to happen, we're normally not looking at it from a front office perspective. For we're sure. looking at it as a, as a fan perspective. But Freddie is one of those guys that, you know, Greg, you brought up a good point about us winning those – those those Houston games and when you watch those games you're like man it's a lot of Braves fans 
in Houston. It's a lot of Braves fans in that state. I mean, to the point where when someone struck someone out on Houston, we heard him. You thought it was a home game. And so the 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 Braves faithful will never forgive the Atlanta Braves if they do not bring Freddie Freeman back. I agree. I get it. There are front office things that we don't understand. I get it. There's money here. There's money there. I get it. But we have to bring back Freddie Freeman. If anything, for the culture. You got to. We just have to do it. Because he's a part of it now. I don't know if y'all saw the way Freddie was dapping up people, but uh, yeah, he's part of the culture now in Atlanta. And the way I see it, just from a, like an athlete's point of mind, is the, the locker room. Just our cohesiveness of our team is just you, you just can't break that right now. There, you just can't bring anyone else on that first base in that infield and expect the same thing from our players. You can't. You can't. You can't. He's been the face of. Um, he's the, the face of the team. He's the name that we know. And um, what reason is there to not bring him back? There, there really there isn't. isn't. There isn't. <laughs> just do it. Uh, so I think it's just a matter of uh, when they come to a deal and um, they're going to go for it again next year. Now, it'll be interesting to see some of the what you know happens with some of the other guys. Right. They bring back Rosario or Soler or, or Peterson uh, or Duvall, or do you focus on bringing in more pitching? Um, so it's just a matter of what it's about what they want the team to look like next year. Right. So some money will have to be spent. I hope they realize that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> still still in pitching. Yeah. So it it can be done. Um so but I, I understand that Freddie Freeman is the most important for morale to have the city excited about this team going into the next season. Uh, because baseball it can be random. Absolutely. It can be random, you know, lose your best player, but then you still you end up winning the World Series. It's so, um, but Freddie Freeman is definitely should be, that should be the priority. Absolutely. You know, some people believe that this, this World Series wins was fake. I'm not sure if y'all heard this, but um, so here's what the Braves did. The Braves won 44 games before also break. 44 games after break. And we won on the 44th week of the series. And combined, the two teams combined, for 44 runs if Freddie Freeman did not hit that last solo home run. Isn't that crazy? So some people say that Hank Aaron was literally watching us from the heavens and got at this World Series. And I'm, I'll, I'll, you know, look, I'm not the one to say something that, that drastic, but with that, <laughs> that stat right there, that is wild. Absolutely. There, there has to be... And, and, you know, being in locker rooms, you know, before and, and winning some things, you know that at some point in time, it, it doesn't matter who you're playing against at, at, at certain points. It's all about you. It's all about do you believe? Like, if you don't believe, you can be better than the team that you're playing against. But if they have the heart to go out there to do it, and to really come together as a team because you I mean look you you can't win if you don't believe as a team and I think I don't know where it clicked 
I don't know how it clicked. I don't know who joined the hand the hands of the Braves players, but we believed that we could win this this World Series. The front office believed that we could win. Everybody believed Snicker. He believed that Snicker that that we could win. You know, and I I just think that that's what it came down to this year. I, I really don't think that it was anything. I don't you know I don't think it was anything other than that. I do believe that Hank's spirit is something that the Braves do take in and have for a while now. I believe he's a, a, you know, he's a staple here in the city. You know, 44 is on the field for a reason. Absolutely. So, but we actually believed this year. And I think that's what it came down to. Braves country, keep doing what you do. Keep supporting your team. Braves, y'all keep winning because we here. Hey, man, if Freddie's not back, I don't know, bro. I might have to give him, you know, till all-star break before I watch a game or something. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be very disappointed. But right now, we champions. We're going to take a a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about my second team, them Georgia Bulldogs, and us being number one, and why both thinks that we're going to mess it up again. (laughs) Stay tuned, y'all. Are your pet's vaccinations up to date? Just for Pets Wellness Center can help keep your pets protected from fleas, ticks, heartworms, and other nasty bugs with the latest parasite detection and prevention programs available. We offer parasite screening and prevention to the most advanced topical and chewable medications. Using our online pharmacy is affordable, safe, convenient, and provides home delivery. Visit our website for more information at www.justthenumber4petsfl.vet or give us a call at 239-270-5721. And now an important message from Jerry Rice. As a career-wide receiver, I've been hit hard. But no training nor practice prepared us for the devastation of COVID-19. Thankfully, there is hope. Even with multiple vaccines available, we still have to work together until everyone is safe. We all win when we unite to prevent. For more information, visit unitetoprevent.org. If you love it, your favorite music, news, talk, sports, and you want to hear it, it's in the palm of your hand. Text IHR to 45495 to download the app or listen at iHeartRadio.com. Standard text and data rates apply. Yes, sir. Hey, if you know anything about me, you know I'm a Braves fan. You know I'm a Falcons fan, but you know I support those dogs. Every year, I'm talking about how we the best, and every year, we not the best. <laughs> but this year, we the best, and we here to stay. We beating the crap out of everybody. I mean, it's not even a game at all. We got too much for y'all. What y'all going to do with Jordan Davis, huh? Huh? What you going to do with Trayvon Walker, huh? <laughs> what you going to do with him? Huh? Huh? So, look, one thing that Bo likes to tell me all the time is that we're going to lose uh, for me to calm down and I, I, I need to display some humility here because we've been here before and it's, you know, I'm not hearing none of that, guys. <laughs> I'm not. We undefeated 
We're not going to lose. We're going to go ahead and get this SHC championship. And then we're going to go ahead and get that big boy, okay? So, my second argument with college football right now is who deserves that number two spot? And people say Alabama still. And I'm just, I, I'm not understanding this. They have a one loss. Oh, they've been a one loss team before. They're not the same team, guys. I'm sorry. Are you serious? They just had a good game with LSU last week. Are you kidding me? They're not the same team. Can we please have an undefeated team actually be number two, please? That deserves it. I don't care if they'll lose right now. I'm not, I'm not caring about any of that. What I see on my television screen is that Alabama is not very good. And for whatever reason, they're still receiving recognition. And when I say that, I don't mean they don't deserve it as a program. I'm saying right here, Bo, because you, you, you swear I don't say this. Alabama has the best college football program in history right now, period. Unparalleled. I love that word. Unparalleled. Nick Saban's doing his thing. I mean, every year those boys are a well-oiled machine. But this year, I don't know if they need some WD-40 or what. But they're not. They're not, they not looking that good to me, man. But go ahead and speak your piece. Tell me how we're going to, you know, let, let me, me down again. So... Right here, right now, I want to talk about right here, right now. I'm talking. We already know about Alabama being the best program in history of college football. Let's not even go there. Let's keep it a hundun. UGA right now is the best team in the country. Period. And I don't have a problem with saying that. But what I also have a problem with is when people don't want to give respect where respect is due. Yes, Alabama did struggle against LSU at Alabama. But let's let's take a look since we want to talk about history. I mean, that's that's a pretty, you know, Alabama LSU, can we consider that to be some type of rivalry? And in college football, we all we all know that Anybody can be beaten when you're playing that in that type of environment. No one got too hyped when Ole Miss was beating Alabama those years and Alabama came back and won championships. You know, I mean, I think I look at Ole Miss beating Alabama or playing Alabama tight those years, you know, in the what, past like what, five seasons, six seasons. You know, it seems like. Uh, Ole Miss would have a, a chance. And nobody looked back at that, but we're looking back at a game like LSU, who, I mean, it's LSU. They they recruit some of the top guys every year. They're they're I'm sure they're in the top 10 every year. So they, they have some of the best, even their backups are some of the best players in the country. Their backups could go to other schools and, and start. And... I, I, I do want to say that Alabama has not played up to their standard this year. But here's the, the here and Greg, I want you to answer this. I don't want to hear it from Dukes. I want, I want, I want your opinion here on this. Here we go. Okay. I acknowledge Alabama has not been who they, their standard. But if not them in the spot, then who? I'll wait, do Greg. you I'll, do I'll, you, I'll, Greg? Do you believe those teams that are hanging around the cusp behind Georgia, Georgia being top dog, 
Do you think Cincinnati can beat Alabama? Do you think we just saw Michigan State lose to Purdue? Do you think that some of these teams that are right there in the conversation with being in that number two spot can beat Alabama? Honestly, no. Um, Cincinnati, I, I just saw them struggle against Tulsa. And if the running back, you know, had better hands or secured the ball better, it's they would have gone to overtime. <laughs> um, Oklahoma, you can't trust Oklahoma. I, I, yeah. Especially not their defense. You, you can't trust that at all. They haven't had a defense in 20 years, maybe longer. Um, Oregon struggled against Washington. Washington. Uh, Ohio State? Who do they play? We trusted Ohio State <laughs> against Alabama. <laughs> Notre Dame. We've what, seen really? that story before. We've read that. We, we've seen that movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've never been a fan of them. And Michigan, Michigan State. Can y'all beat Ohio State first? Then y'all can worry right. about Alabama. So, to me, Alabama is the number two team in the country. Can they beat Georgia? Yes. Will they? That's go. why they play the games. Here we go. And I, that's, Greg, why, that's why I, they play the games. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, Greg. I've been Alabama. So maybe up until week five. What's wrong with these people? Week, week five, I was Alabama, Alabama, Alabama. I have conceded. I have conceded that I think UGA is going to beat them this year. Their defense is daunting. Hold on, say that one more time because I, I I don't think I heard it clear enough. I believe UJ is going to beat Alabama this year in that SEC championship game. Yes, sir. But, but I'm also going to that's that's my preface. I'm going to state that let's not sit here and act like Bama hasn't been here before. Let's not sit here and act like Georgia wasn't beating Alabama in that SEC championship game. Was it a few years ago? And and the national championship. And the national championship game. And 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 what happened? That was a tough year. I mean, like, you know, at the end of the day, when things hit the fan, at the end of the day, when guys aren't, you know, a game like this against LSU, you you know what practice is gonna be like for those for those Crimson Tide boys this week. They're gonna be everybody's full pads. Everybody's, I mean, they're running gazers all day. They're doing bear crawls. This, this is not an off week for these guys. And they're playing New Mexico State. Oh, they're they're getting ran in the ground this week. <laughs> Saban has those boys running right now. I don't know what right, what they right. could be doing right study now, but they're running. It, ain't no study hall this week. They are <laughs> running the class. All you see is Alabama football players full sprint to, to their classes, to the dining hall. You just see guys running on campus. What's going on? What are they doing? They're, they're they're still in practice. So, I just I just need you as a Georgia fan to understand this. We've been here before. What makes you think my dog's not doing the same thing? Huh? All these teams you've been talking about, all the LSU's with the top recruits and blahs and blahs and blahs and blahs and blah, we're literally beating the crap out of these teams. So I don't care what Alabama's doing. I I don't care if they're doing burpees between class sessions. I don't I I don't care. They're not going to be anywhere close to beating us this year. And I'm going to go ahead and say that it's going to remain like that. We are the new Alabama. 
no. You heard not. Nah, nah. Uh, nah uh, we got a new Alabama. Uh, okay. Uh, it's Run it back. This is recorded. Here to stay. This is recorded. Yeah, yeah this okay. is recorded. This is recorded. It's really we here. We're not going nowhere. It's really hard to. We're not going nowhere. Get used to it. Hello, message. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, guys, I, I do think UGA has the the opportunity to go ahead and get the job done this year. Yeah. Um, it, it's going to come down to me the difference in what I've seen the 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 aspect of the game where I think Alabama could beat UGA in that SEC championship game. For me, it's simple. Georgia's played. In games, what the Clemson game was probably the, the closest game, even though Clemson's week one, week, week one, still struggling um, with a quarterback situation. Clemson has a decent defense still. I'm not hearing it. And I'm glad you brought up struggling at the quarterback situation. I, I, I don't believe that. What's his name? Bennett? I, I don't believe. He ain't it. I don't be- believe he's it. He's I, not. I don't believe. And we're still beating the crap out of everybody. Yeah, but I don't believe that when it comes down to what if it's a shootout. Bennett hasn't proven, or he hasn't had to, but I don't think he can win a shootout. If they get into a shootout situation with Alabama, I give the upper hand to Alabama. There's if, not going to be a Georgia's shootout situation. If Georgia's defense shows up and plays like they've been playing all year, then I think UGA wins. But if Alabama, they they've found ways to 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 put the ball in the end zone. They've they've done it. It's proven. This is a fact. This is the fact of the matter. Saban, Bill O'Brien, they have found ways to score when needed. And I just don't believe in Bennett. I just don't. So if well, the defense I, me, shows up, I want to ask you this. In, in this case, seeing that Georgia has allowed. Five touchdowns, if that, the entire season. Right, and one of the, one of those was a defensive touchdown. So it might be really four touchdowns exactly. the whole season. Do you think that Georgia has been challenged enough offensively? Um, has has their defense been challenged enough to where? They come when they play Alabama. It's like okay, we can handle this. I, where I, it I've won't be a shootout. I've been waiting for that question. Let, let's not act like before we play Arkansas, they weren't talking about how high power that offense was, and how big and bad that old line was, and how they were going to be able to run the ball up our gut. What happened there, guys? We beat them thirty-seven to zero. Ole Miss, same thing. Oh, Ole Miss offense is so powerful. They're gonna you're gonna give Georgia problems. They're gonna at least put up three touchdowns. Negative. But these same teams are giving Alabama a run for their money. So, yes, I get what you're saying. I believe Alabama has a better program, a better team than, than all these these organizations. But the fact of the matter is we have not allowed more than four, t- four touchdowns this season. That D-line is, is, is the truth. We have two good young cornerbacks that are locking up these receivers. And as far as Stetson goes, like, Guys, Stetson's a place filler. You know, I, I hate to say it. I understand that the QB has to be that leader. But we don't really need him to be right now. <laughs> we we have too many pieces. Zamir White, McIntosh, two outstanding running backs in the backfield. Arian, he's a freshman receiver. Scorching, 4-3 speed. We're doing this without pickings, y'all. Are y'all forgetting that? We have way too many pieces. So as far as being an offensive shootout, it won't be. Because Alabama won't score enough for it to be that. They're not going to score more than 
I will give them this. I believe Alabama can put up two to three touchdowns on us. I'll say that, but that's going to be a tough to get. And I think Sesson can outscore that with this powerful offense that we have. So, yeah, that's that, that's dead. That was a good try, though, y'all. I mean, I, I really like the effort y'all put forth. But it's not, it's not happening this year. You know, what's good about this is Greg said it earlier. The, these... These things are recorded, so we'll we'll, we'll, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll be able to facts. cycle back around please, to this. Please, please. So when we do win, I want y'all to play this of me saying on repeat. Matter of fact, make this a commercial break. Me saying how good we are and how we're gonna do this to Alabama and what they're not gonna do. Play it every day until the next national championship. Please, please. Let's mark my words. Alabama won't win. Okay. It will be a good game until halftime. And then after halftime, everyone will see that there was no competition there at all this year. None whatsoever. You better go get an NFL team because these college football teams ain't it. You heard it, folks. You heard it. From Dukes himself. Yep. UGA versus NFL teams. Please. I believe we can beat the Dolphins, (laughs) the Jets. (laughs) The only college football team that we've ever heard that from. Is from Alabama Crimson Tide. So, People. exactly. And when we beat them this year, you won't deny these words. Let's take a quick commercial break, man. We're going to wrap it up with a few things. But, you know, actually, uh, Greg just told me we got one minute left. We've been talking so long. I forgot how much time we had left, man. Dang. I had way more to say. Well, as always, guys, it's been a pleasure. You know, uh, it's been a very uh, good month of winning. I'm a champion, Bo. You, Bo, you're a champion now. Greg, you're a champion now. And when Georgia Bulldogs win, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and let y'all share the crown with me, too. We're going to be champions again, guys. Don't worry. Don't worry. Next next episode, we're going to dive a little bit into basketball. You know, I want to see a little bit more of what my Hawks going to do before we start talking about them. I don't want to jinx them too soon. But they're doing real good, guys. They're doing real good. So be sure to tune in next month on the second Monday. 4 p.m. Eastern Time. We back here after Sports Talks. It's your boy, Dukes. My boy, Bo. And my main man, Greg, man. See you next time. Checking out. Thanks for tuning in on After Sports Talk. It's your boy, Dukes. We had a good time. This was fun, but we'll do it again. Peace.